welcome to VChat edition number 15. Uh, my name is David Davis from VMWareVideos.com. And uh, with me is... Eric Siebert from VTureLine.com. And Simon Seagrave from TechHead.co.uk. And as you might notice, we have some special guests. Uh, we have Duncan Epping and uh, Frank Deneman. Uh Duncan, uh, why don't you start and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I think everybody knows you, but go ahead. Yeah, let's hope so by now. My name is Duncan Epping. Um, I'm the author of yellowbricks.com and uh, a co-author of a couple of books. And one of them actually wrote together with Frank Deneman. Um, I'm also a uh, VMware employee. I'm a principal architect and currently working for tech marketing. <coughs> well, my name is Frank Deneman. Uh, off the blog, Frank Deneman, of course. Um, I'm a consulting architect at VMware in Europe. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for being on. Uh, it's really cool to have you on. It's, it's really an honor. Um, I've got your book right here that I was showing off uh, just a minute ago. Um, it's been super popular. Oh, Eric's got a copy as well. Nope. Simon, where's yours? Simon's got a virtual book that you <laughs> can insert later. I've got the He's mine ordered. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do a pop quiz of the book uh, later on, by the way, to test you guys if you uh -oh. actually read it or not. So. <laughs> Uh-oh. So I know we've got a lot of great topics to talk about. Um, Simon, why don't you kick it off? I know you've got a lot of great questions lined up for uh, Duncan and Frank. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the first thing uh, you know to talk about um, would be the book, uh, like like uh, you just showed there. Um, I'm just wondering, guys, can you can you just take us through sort of um, sort of how long you were writing the book for? Um, obviously, the top. I know um, I've, I've seen a lot of blog posts, a lot of tweets out there from people that have uh, bought it and thoroughly enjoyed it. You can it's sort of it's definitely hit a chord with a lot of people out there because um, I, I think. Sometimes, you know, some of the books, um, people are after something a little bit more deep dive, um, and uh, I think you guys have sort of hit the nail on the head with your HRDRS book there. So I was wondering, can you give us a bit of sort of background about why you did it, when it started, and, um, yeah, I guess a little bit of an overview as to what it's about? I, I think it probably probably give the, uh, the background the best. Um, I think the idea actually started a year and a half ago, when uh, right before we started writing the Quick Start Guide. And I basically came up with the idea because a lot of books actually focus on a complete product. So it, it never actually goes in depth. So my idea was to do a deep dive on a single topic of a specific uh, product and actually go as deep as you possibly can and try to hit 150, 120 pages. So I started writing uh, something about HA and had five or six pages. That's what I started off with. And... Um, Right around then, someone um, offered us to actually redo the Quick Start Guide. So we actually continued doing that. And I think probably six or seven months ago, Frank and I started talking into a, uh, about doing another book. And basically, that's when uh, we came uh, back to this idea again and uh, started writing uh, about HA and DRS. That's basically how it started. Mm. So why, why HA and DRS? What, what, what drew you to that topic? Um, for me, at least, the main reason for it being is that I already had a lot of HA uh, content on my blog, and I also did a couple of uh, articles on DRS. And I think internally, uh, Frank is probably best known for all the stuff that he's been doing on resource, ma uh, resource management, which includes DRS as well. So that's the primary reason we actually picked those topics, uh, because within the company and externally as well, we're already seen as one of the... Uh, the experts out there, so that's the main reason for doing it, basically. Uh, the plan is, though, to actually do uh, e eventually um, other deep dives uh, as well on other topics like storage or whatever, what comes up, basically. 
Excellent. So I could imagine there being sort of a, a whole series of books, uh, you know, over time type of thing. Yeah, that's that's actually the initial plan. Uh, the difficulty with that is that, as you uh, all probably know, that it takes a reasonable amount of time to actually write a book. So it, it, it takes at least four or five months to come up with the rough content. Uh, on top of that, Frank did all the... Um, the design work for the book as well, so the cover art, um, but also everything the uh, everything inside of the book is done by Frank. But it's quite a lot of work, so doing multiple uh, of those books within a year, mm. within every release cycle, is going to be quite difficult. So yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it is an aim, but it, it depends on the amount of time we'll have available in our day jobs, which yeah. makes it really difficult. Because I know that's something, Eric, you, you mentioned doing your books. I mean, you've produced a couple of fantastic books as well, you know, the latest Maximum V-Sphere there. And, uh, you know, even the couple of chapters I contributed, I know it took a ton of time, a lot more than I thought it would. Um, yeah, it is a big commitment. Yeah, is, is that something you've, you've found as well around just the length of time? Yeah, I mean, for me, I had a real tight window because I had to get it out by VMworld. And um, it's just a huge commitment. A lot of people get into books and they don't realize that it, it does take a lot of time. It's not just the writing. you got a lot of researching. you got to make sure you really, the, the book is perfect, you know, both technically and, um, you know, grammatically in that. And um, it, it's a huge commitment in that. And um, start to finish, Duncan, how long did it actually take you to um, to kind of go through and get everything done to the format, you know, where it was submitted to the publisher? Well, well, we, we didn't actually didn't submit it to a publisher. Well, Frank, Probably, go ahead. Yeah, I guess it's your own. Sorry. <clears throat> so um, the, the editing of the so when the book was done, uh, it took me two months to actually get the book ready for printing. That's wow. every evening after work, up until one, two o'clock in the morning. And a lot of it's a learning yeah. curve, too, where... Once you learn the process and learn how to do everything, you know, the so subsequent books become, you know, easier because you got the process down pat. So, you know, you know, from going forward, it might be easier for you guys to, um, you know, get the future books out the door quicker. Yeah. So the main problem I had with writing the book was what kind of level of detail do you want to include in the book? And I, I don't know if you all also had that, Eric or Simon. I always how try to get... Can you go? as detailed as possible. Um, that's just the way I like to write. I like to get, you know, kind of deep dive and, and kind of, you know, kind of do stuff that you don't find in traditional documentation and that. So, um, I mean, it looks like you guys did a, a real good job of hitting on a lot of the stuff that you won't find anywhere else. And um, you know, that's what makes these kind of books really popular with me is I, I like finding those, those kind of details that you don't find in, you know, sometimes in traditional books and the documentation. I think definitely. I mean, out there at the moment, I mean, there's so many people now sort of uh, that, you know, have hit that intermediate or, you know, advanced level of, uh, you know, VMware administration or, you know, design even. Um, and, and literally, I think there is, a, there is a, a void there at the moment for any sort of printed publications around sort of the real deep dive stuff. And, you know, like you say, Eric, quite often to find the real juicy tidbits and what have you, uh, you really have to start digging for it, you know, uh, you know, right through the forums and try and get hold of white papers and those type of things. So uh, I can definitely see over time, you know, with more and more people becoming more familiar with virtualization and VMware, there, there being an increasing demand for these these sort of books and this sort of technical level. The other challenge I found, and you saw the same thing too, Simon, was 
and if you do a full book on a general topic like vSphere, it's really hard to fit data into chapters because you're so limited on space. And that, that I mean, Simon, on some of the chapters you had 80 pages, we had to cut them down to like 50. So to have these types of books devoted to a topic where you can go off as much as possible and you know cover everything, is, you know, is great. That's why you know I kind of like this concept of focusing on specific topics and um, not being limited to the amount of space you are with a traditional book. Mm. In terms of research, by the way, um, one of the things that a lot of people actually forget is to read the documentation. So a lot of the stuff that we actually write about, for instance, it's also in the availability guide, it's also in the resource guide, it's in the, uh, it's in the CPU scheduling white papers, in the memory, schedule, memory white papers, stuff like that. Most of the info is actually out there, but it's, it's, sometimes it's difficult to find and sometimes, sometimes it's difficult to understand as well. So I think that's, that's the main thing that a lot of people forget because a lot of people are under the impression that we actually get all the info straight from the engineers, but that's, that's definitely not the case. I can reassure you that Frank, for instance, did a lot of uh, reverse engineering to actually figure out uh, how specific sections of DRS work. So uh, you can actually do a lot of a lot of the stuff yourself as well if you know uh, how to dive into it and where to look. Well, you hit the nail on the head there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just that it's, time, time thing. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. you're digesting an enormous amount of information and breaking it down. To people just giving them the parts, the valuable parts, and making it in an easy to understand form. That's definitely a huge part where you're definitely making it a lot easier for people That's that don't want to read all that stuff and dig for it, and um, you know just giving them what they need to know um, without having to go through all that other stuff. That's definitely um, um, you know a great concept for relaying information to people. Well, isn't it? Not not everyone has you know. Um, you guys definitely have it. You know, with your blog posts, you know the, uh, the 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 ability you have of conveying you know quite technical, complex you know subjects sometimes, and a matter of just trying to convey a particular subject in a in an easy to digest manner. It's uh, it's easier said than done quite often. And, uh, so I was wondering, you know, if you were to do another book, I mean, uh, I'm guessing behind the scenes you guys have probably kicked around a few ideas already. Any any hints about sort of the uh, subject areas you might uh, want to have a look at or start writing another book on? <laughs> well, we're actually already planning uh, planning an updated version of this book. Um, that's probably going to be uh, around uh, the time that uh, the next version of vSphere will be released. Unfortunately, uh, we can't actually tell you when it is and what, what it's going to be called, but uh, that's definitely something that we've got planned. Um, that will more than likely include uh, some other features as well, like storage IO control, for instance. That That's one of the features that we'll add and other features that will be included in the next version of vSphere as well, but it's, it's, it's something I can't really talk about at this point. Uh, the good thing about it for me, by, uh, uh, by the way, is that I recently joined uh, Tech Marketing and I'm more or less responsible for some of the, uh, the upcoming features as well from a Tech Marketing perspective, so that makes it a lot easier for me to actually write um, articles and books about uh, things like that as well, because it, it's going to be more or less part of my job to educate people out in the field. Does this mean you get more time to blog, blog now? I mean, how, how do you guys get time at the moment to blog as much as you do? Because I know, I know from personal experience, just trying to get time to pr produce blog posts uh, seems to be increasingly more difficult these, time, these days. For me, well, it's uh, mostly in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> when, my, when my son is asleep and my girlfriend is asleep, I have some time for myself, basically. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, most, mostly in the evening. And when I'm on a plane, so. Right. 
So yeah, it's the same thing for me. Um, I've always been part of delivery organizations. Same goes for Frank. Frank's part of PSO. I was part of the cloud practice. And basically, it's not part of your MBO. So it, it's not one of the goals of the uh, of one of your responsibilities. So uh, if you want to write, that's okay. But uh, you can do it during your own time. So which is perfectly fine. I don't mind actually investing in things like this as well because. I think we get a lot out of it as well. That's that's probably what a lot of people forget. But yeah. just by simply writing an article, that's only 20 lines. Um, it, it's probably depending on the topic, but it can take hours to actually come up with those 20 lines and do the research, and you get a lot of a lot of uh, details out of it. So I think it's always valuable to do things like this. Okay, so guys, um, the book there. Are you uh, any plans to publish an electronic version? Is it via sort of Amazon or the Kindle, something like that at all? Yeah, we actually thought about that for a while, and uh, Frank actually started looking into that, and I actually looked into that as well. So we actually tried different formats. Um, uh, the difficulty with it being at the moment is that uh, for a Kindle version, for instance, or for an EPUB version, we need to do a complete reformatting of the book. Um, for a PDF version, uh, on the other hand, it doesn't need to be completely um, redone. Um, the only problem is with PDF that you need to add some sort of DRM on top of it, so it won't be uh, out on the internet immediately, and that makes it rather inflexible. So Frank and I more or less made the decision to actually focus on new content instead of actually uh, focusing uh, a lot of hours, actually putting in a lot of hours uh, on, on current content. I think that the books actually sells sells pretty well, and I think most of the people actually wanted to have the digital copy uh, already bought the paper copy. So the added value of having a, a digital copy out there uh, three months after or two months after it has been released, it's probably not. It it doesn't have a priority at the moment for us. So it might it might happen in the future if we can find someone who wants to do it for us. But currently, with our current day jobs, it's it's just too much work to actually do a digital copy. Yeah, I could imagine. I could imagine. Hey, so so the the um, the other thing is there, guys. You uh, you mentioned there might be a competition happening here today. So. Uh, Frank, um, would you like to tell yeah. us a bit about the competition? Yeah, so we're going to give away two books. Um, if you look at the front of the, the cover of the, of the book, there's a animal between both our names. Uh, what's the symbolism behind that animal? So if you can answer the correct question or the most unique question, you will win a book. Hey, that, that sounds pretty good. And so the competition, um, where shall we send that, David? Send it to the VChat, so vchat at trainsignal.com? Uh, you can do that, or you can post it uh, as a comment um, underneath the uh, the VChat video, uh, where the VChat video will be embedded. Easy. Yes, still. Cool. That sounds good. Well, thanks, guys. That's 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 a great competition. I'm sure we'll uh, have a number of replies to that one. So, uh, lots of people up on uh, Wikipedia at the moment and Google trying to uh, <laughs> trying to find out the answers to that one. Definitely. Hey, Duncan, you recently created a, a new Twitter account on uh, VMware Storage. Was that kind of related to your new job position? Yeah. So, from a tech marketing perspective, I'll be I'll be responsible for uh, for some of the storage topics, like storage I/O control, okay. uh, VAI stuff like that. Um, there wasn't anything around uh, storage on Twitter yet, so um, 
I actually uh, created that account uh, to start uh, evangelizing some of the uh, the storage initiatives that VMware recently started. Okay. Now, VMware has a bunch of themed blogs on security, performance, and all that. Are they going to have another one for storage, maybe? Uh, we're actually uh, making a couple of plans around that, so there will be some slight changes um, from a blogging perspective in the future. Uh, nothing has been settled yet, but... There will be more uh, content produced in the future around storage, uh, for sure. So I'll, I'll be responsible for, that, for it. So I'm going to make sure at least there will be some decent content around storage out there. Okay. Yeah, the, the technical stuff is great. You know, when they dive into the, the how-tos and how things work, that's uh, really good information. Yeah, the good thing about the, uh, my current job role is that um, I will have direct access to some of the engineers, which, for instance, are responsible for storage eye control. And that makes it a lot easier to actually write about these topics as well, because research, researching it will probably uh, take less time than it would normally take. Oh, cool. So, Duncan, you briefly mentioned the new version of uh, vSphere that we can't talk about. Um, I was just curious. That's not the some uh, top secret stuff um, that I see behind you, is it? Can't talk about that. No, sorry. It's a, it's a project that I'm currently working on. Oh. Okay. I actually should have okay. wiped it out, I guess, but. Um, oh. I'll try to blur it out after the uh, recording, I guess. <laughs> well, good thing yeah, the video is small. Out. I bet Maybe nobody I could blow like that up. Yeah, Eric's <laughs> probably got a magnifying glass out right now looking at that thing. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get the next scoop, yeah. I tell you, I've got to do that here, actually. It looks, it looks quite good, actually. Quite impressive having a whiteboard with a load of diagrams on the <laughs> background. Instead, I've just got a load of old... Uh, network and server boxes behind me, which are not quite as impressive. <laughs> yeah, Frank and I actually spoke about that. It's, it's probably six or seven months ago when I redid my home office, and I always wanted to have a whiteboard, and Frank said, well, I got a small one. It's actually quite useful, so I was like, well, I'll just buy one, you know. It should work fine. Why not? Looks good, so. No, no, it's definitely, if I'm honest with you, I've actually got a whiteboard here. It's, uh, it's just a little bit out of the way, and I've got I'll tell you what, everything written up there is about six months old at the moment, so it's one of my uh, to-do things for the new year, sort out my whiteboard, clean it off, and actually uh, so start using actually it properly. The, uh, <laughs> that's actually the, the blueprint for the VNXE, isn't it? Uh, it, it? It is, it is, but obviously I can't talk about that either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm quite impressed with the, uh, the little VNXE that was launched this week, or announced rather. Um, I think that's going to be a nice little, nice little, uh, nice little storage appliance. There looks quite good. So definitely a lot of interest around that at the moment. And you're going to hook so us up to uh, replace our iOmegas, aren't you, Simon? Yeah, Simon. Thanks. And that's the problem, Duncan. You're going to find this being in tech marketing now. People seem to think you have these like cupboards that you just open, <laughs> and they're just full of all the latest gadgets and all the pre-release stuff. And you have multiple yeah, copies but... of it that you can just hand out to people. They <laughs> gave me a phone. That's it. <laughs> I wish that was the case, but um, no. I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't even seen a VNXE uh, or, or a VNX in the in the flesh yet. So uh, I know there's going to be one at Cisco Live at the end of the month. So I look forward to getting my hands on one then. So that'd be that'd be pretty good. Hey, so I'm um, talking sort of about labs and stuff like that. So I mean, do you guys get the opportunity to work from home occasionally and uh, what have you? I think Frank has yeah, got a nice setup. Because I imagine you'd have a pretty pretty sweet home lab set up there. I, you guys I, I, used, I used two workstations, uh, home built, i7 with 24 gigs, and SSD drives. 
Oh, sweet. Wow. So wow. <laughs> I virtualized my ESX servers. I don't have a server or anything else. Use a and I have an I and I have an IX4, of course. Oh, okay. Okay. So oh, okay. that's cool. Good, good choice. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got, similar, <laughs> I got a similar. I got a similar setup. Actually, I've got an i7 as well with 12 gigs of memory and uh, two SSD drives as well. And basically, I run ev everything virtually. I, I actually thought about buying a couple of those uh, tiny HP servers or those Dell servers, but they just make a lot of noise and produce a lot of heat. And from a power perspective, you know, it's I don't know. In my home office. If you need to sit there every single day, that's probably not going to work. So I decided to, like Frank, virtualize everything as well. Cool. Yeah, I got an i7 as well here. With um, uh, I run 12 gig workstation in that, but I don't have SSD at all. The SSD um, basically gets you a lot of overcommitment, right? Where you can overcommit RAM and that. Well, yeah, just your virtual machines run run a lot of a uh, better with workstation. So yeah. I don't normally I don't virtualize. Uh, virtual machines inside my ESX servers. I just, because I look at a lot like DRS and resource schools and all that kind of stuff, I can do with only ESX servers. So, by running it on an SSD drive, it's, I just create and destroy ESX servers within a, a couple of seconds. Okay. It's the way to go. Period. Yeah, I gotta hit there one of these days. I'm still on the, the regular drives. I, I've wanted to. The the cost point seems to come down a little bit, but they're still pretty pricey for the amount of capacity you get. Yeah, but that's why you have your iX2. Yeah. Dump all your files and all your stuff on your iX2 or iX4, and run only your programs, your applications, and your virtualized environment on your SSD drive. Yeah. And an ESX server, virtualized ESX server, is like five gigs of of space. Yeah. So how many ESX servers do you want? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you could then, and then just point them to shared storage for VMs too. So yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually do the same thing with the iX4 as well. So I run all the VMs um, that I run within my virtualized ESX environment on my iX, iX4, but the uh, the ESX host itself, the just five or six gigs because I use ESXi, so they're, they're tiny. Okay. Works fine on SSD. Mm. I'm thinking maybe I have to get away from because uh, I, I actually embed all my VMs in my ESX host. You see, so uh, yeah, it sounds like I, I might uh, have to start rethinking everything. I think and trying it that way because it makes a lot of sense. Just run workstation with uh, you know nested uh, ESXi instances. Pretty cool. So um, event coming up. We've got the uh, partner exchange uh, over in Florida. And are you guys managing to uh, head over there at all? Yeah, but both of us are actually going for the VCDX defenses, so there are VCDX3 defenses uh, scheduled actually. And it's actually the last opportunity for uh, for candidates to become a VCDX3. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting at least for us. I think we got something like 20 candidates, haven't we, Frank? Yeah. What, what do you find of the, the pass rate of that? Out of those 20, how many usually make it through the, the process and successfully get the VCDX? I don't think we're uh, officially allowed to oh, talk right. about okay. that, to okay. be honest. So okay. I, I can tell you that it's like 50. 54, 60, I actually don't know. 50, right. Yeah, 50, okay. 55, 56, We need, to ask, we need like to ask Jason. He seems to be uh, keeping up on that. Yeah, he's got a list somewhere, isn't he, if I remember <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah it's, but to be honest, it's, it's, it's a fairly uh, difficult uh, exam or procedure, how do you call it? It's... It's it's not that it's really 
in that technical, but you need to know why he did actually, actually make specific decisions, what the impact were of those decisions, and that's probably the hardest part. So it's not only knowing the nitty-gritty part, but also knowing what the impact is of picking a disk size or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. I think that's, that's, that's what cool. the, most people actually forget. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely want to set my VCDX sometime in the future. Uh, it's on the plan. I'm kind of, at the moment, I'm kind of gunning for number 100. If I can get number 100, <laughs> that, that's kind of special. Obviously, I've missed out on the first 50 now, so uh, no. I'm going to go for the next best thing. <laughs> hey, Simon, are you going to uh, PAX or David? Yeah, I'll be at PAX. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm okay. going over there with uh, with EMC, so uh, yeah, I'll be uh, helping out with the hands-on lab and the uh, the booth over there, so it should, it should be a lot of fun. Cool. Yes, Simon. I heard the first the first fifty they got bomber jackets, isn't that right, guys? Yeah. Some cool bomber jackets. So maybe you can get like a cool windbreaker or something. <laughs> being number one hundred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe you can get probably a pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. some plastic disposable poncho or something like that. You know, with BCDA. <laughs> yeah. The budget might have we run will out. We'll make one for you. <laughs> Simon, special when special you... one. When you pass, we will make one for you. <laughs> I know what will happen. You have to wear it. Uh, at the defense, I know what will happen. I'll be wearing it. You'll give it to me to wear. I'll have to wear it at the defense. That'll be part of the prerequisite. <laughs> and I'll walk through the doors and it'll be yourself and Duncan there, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty, pretty cool. Hey, um, the, the other thing is, guys, the, the, the other thing we discussed the last couple of e-chats, we're, we're anxiously awaiting at the moment for the um, the vSphere iPad application to come out. Have you guys heard anything around that, any sort of release dates? Because it was supposed to be before Christmas no. and uh, obviously never happened. I don't know what the actual status is at the moment because I have actually, I, got, I own an iPad, but I don't have the apps myself. So uh, to be honest, I actually don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to be released. It looks pretty cool, though. I've seen the videos, and I've seen um, one of my colleagues actually demoed it. It looks quite impressive, but um, no clue when it will be released. Oh, fingers crossed. Hopefully sometime soon. Like yourself, I've seen the videos, and I've got to say, pretty impressed. This thing's quite polished. I mean, I don't know the level of functionality that we're going to have from it, but, um, you know, as long as you can do most of the basic things on there, I think it's going to have a lot of uh, useful application for people. Definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I saw in the uh, the App Store there was a new app, um, kind of along the same lines, but a third-party app that was introduced into the App Store in December, and that um, I didn't really check it out. I think it was about ten dollars uh, to purchase it. There was previously another one in there before that, but kind of interested in maybe checking that one out also, seeing what it offers. I just wonder what kind of people are going to use applications like these, because I think there's a at least a security implication as well. So it's. It lowers the boundaries of making mistakes, I guess. So I, I, I'm wondering where and when it will be used. It's, there, there's a place and a need for everything, so I, I'll guess it. a lot of people will be downloading it and a lot of people will be using it. But I, I'm curious about what kind of environments will be, um, and what the typical task will be that they will be doing uh, with an iPad app. Yeah, that's definitely, um, you know, a lot of companies won't allow that. You can't connect your iPads, iPhones through the VPN client built into that, and um, our, our company is one of them. And that internally on the network, you know, it might have a use case that way. You know, if, if somebody had the iPad on the wireless network internally or, um, you know, for, for our home labs and stuff like that, it's a great little tool also to, to play around with. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'll be interested to see um, everybody be excited about it, but the actual adoption of it, how many people actually end up using it in their, their data centers. Because I still remember when they had the uh, 
the mobile version, the mobile um, application release that actually enabled you to, to log into your vCenter server uh, through a mobile, and I think it was Bauke who was responsible for uh, UMA.nl. He actually enabled it on his home lab, and actually someone uh, managed to hack into it because he tweeted about it, and really? someone figured out what the address was and actually powered down his whole lab. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is quite funny, but, you know, it's not something you want to happen in a production environment, I guess. Yeah, that could be a cool feature. You know, you have those apps that allow people from the Internet to turn your lights on and off. You can have one that brings your VMs up and down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, randomly. Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk, of course, about, you know, vCloud Director. Um, I'm curious to see, um, you know, what experiences uh, you guys have seen lately with, you know, companies implementing it and, and just kind of what's the latest update on um, vCloud Director? Well, um, we see some smaller uh, service uh, providers uh, implementing it right now. So that's in my line of work. Uh, I'm not involved in the cloud uh, delivery team, so I don't know what the cloud delivery team is doing. Maybe Duncan knows. Yeah, so but I guess one, of the, uh, the, the, one yeah. of the largest deployments that we did is actually something that I worked on with Frank uh, together, which is something that was announced at VMworld, and that's uh, the VM, uh, vCloud data center program. And one of the providers actually uh, in Europe that's part of that program is Colt. So Colt is a large service provider in the UK. I think they're one of the largest uh, fiber channel or fiber providers actually uh, worldwide. And um, we actually did the uh, the design and the implementation for that. I was responsible for the uh, for the beta program, but Frank actually did the uh, the full design for their production environment. And actually includes an EMC VMAX and Cisco UCS. So that's probably uh, interested. Yeah, I can see uh, vCloud Director being sort of probably m most popular to, uh, you know, um, uh, service providers, you know, web, web hosting companies, etc. Uh, you know, wanting to roll out a um, yeah, cloud offering, as it were, you know, with a nice uh, uh, sort of end-user self-provisioning portal type of thing. Do you guys see vCloud Director used a lot in private data centers right now for, you know, kind of create a, pr a private cloud at all? Is it more in the, like you said, you know, from the tenant providers and stuff like that? So it's actually it's actually both what we see at the moment. So currently, what I've been seeing at least is is mostly service providers, but that's because that was my main focus. But uh, some of my colleagues who are responsible for the enterprise side, uh, they've been doing a lot of projects, not only in the U.S. but also in EMEA. So there are more and more companies actually picking up on it. Okay. I think the main thing is that you know it's a, it's a 1.0 product and um, it's it's aimed at an enterprise level. So most of the enterprise companies. Uh, don't tend to actually start running production environments on a 1.0 product, uh, but they are doing a lot of um, uh, proof of concepts with it, and I think that's, okay. that's what we see a lot of the in, in the enterprise environment currently, but the service providers are actually running uh, production on top of it, so that's heading into the right direction, I guess. Good, yeah, I'll be anxious to see subsequent releases once it matures a bit more, and I'm sure, like you said, it'll be more adopted once it you know, reaches uh, you know, a next version. Now, Duncan, didn't you also write a book on um, Foundations for Cloud Computing with John Arashid? Yeah. Um, so you mean the first one that we did? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we actually wrote a book with uh, John Arashid um, about uh, adopting cloud uh, based on vSphere technologies. 
Uh, there's actually a new one coming up in uh, two or three months, which is actually being edited right now, and uh, that's all about vCloud Directed itself. So I wrote uh, wrote that together with John, uh-huh. uh, basically the same group of people, but uh, we added a, a a couple of other uh, top experts within within VMware. So we added, for instance, Ben Lin. Uh, who's one of the experts um, on, on chargeback. We added Michael Haynes, who's a security expert, to actually ensure that the um, the level of detail in there is what people would expect uh, from a book like that. So, I, I'll be at VMware Partner Exchange, and I've been doing some blogging for the official VMware vCloud blog, and um, I told them I would specifically attend uh, John Arashid's sessions on uh, like designing um, VMware v- with vCloud Director and and be writing some blog posts about that. So, yeah, I look forward to that book and, and also to his sessions. Yeah, there's another session, by the way, um, about vCloud Director. It's by David Hill. He okay. is one of the, uh, he's one of the cloud consultants in EMEA, and he's going to do a session about uh, designing uh, cloud environments for enterprise organizations. So that's definitely one you should attend as well. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be awesome. The guy actually really knows what he's talking about, and he's been doing some real cool stuff. Okay, I'll make sure I check that out, write a blog post about it. Cool. Once to look out for me. No, that's pretty good. Hey, and one thing, looking around the screen here, guys, I notice there's a definite, uh, definite difference in sort of fashion statements here. The American guys with the caps, what's that about? Yeah. You know, whereas, uh, you know, in Europe here, we're going for the more designer, designer hoodie look, you know? It's, uh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just missing the, uh, I'm just missing the, uh, missing the cropped hair, yeah. though, so I might have to go and have a, uh, have that done tomorrow, perhaps. <laughs> Next call, Simon. Next call. I think so, yeah. Hey, guys, well, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on to VChat, and it's been great talking to you. Um, I, I, like I say, I've got my copy of the book on, on the way from Amazon at the moment, so um, look forward to reading it, and uh, all the best with the new updates to it. Thanks for inviting us, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of VChat, the latest in virtualization and cloud computing news and how-to. Eric, Simon, and David want your feedback, so send questions or ideas for future VChat topics to vchat at trainsignal.com.